Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints and the church and the teachings of the church. And uh, we've got a great guest today to talk to us about how that applies to daughters, women. Right, right. I'm daughters so becoming women. Yes, I love this. I love the topic. I love this book. This is awesome. So who's the human that we're interviewing? Absolutely. So Dr. Mary Ruth Hackett. Um, the book is called Daughter by Design, and she has earned her PhD in educational psychology um, with a concentration in lifespan development. She is the host of the popular Parenting Smarts podcast. That's Parenting Smarts podcast produced by the Diocese of Phoenix, where she offers parenting tips and insights based on theory, research, faith and her own practical experience as a wife and mother to four children. She is also a contributing writer at both spiritualdirection.com, yay, and blessed is she, yay. Uh, Dr. Hackett writes and speaks at the important intersection of faith and development science, blending them both in the original harmony God intended. Daughter by Design, her new book on identity for Catholic women, is the only book of its kind, bringing together these fields in a practical way. In a culture swirling with increasing confusion around meaning and identity, Daughter by Design provides women a retreat from the chaos of life and a way to connect with the daughter within and our Heavenly Father above. Beautiful. Wow, what a great descriptor. I'm so excited about this podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. That's awesome. Well, you know, I think a good place to start is the subtitle is Discovering Your Identity as God's Beloved daughter um you i I think one of the things that you do exceptionally well and i and i mean that across a broad range of catholic literature on parenting and you know human development of whatever form is this you have a beautiful clarity around this idea of identity what it means why it's important maybe lay a little groundwork for us there Yeah, thank you. Um, I think I have a a unique benefit that is sometimes missing in our, in our fields in that I first came from the field of psychology Mm -hmm. and studied identity academically. I, my master's thesis was on self-concept in grade school children and uh, trying to identify some factors that help kids to grow up really knowing who they are, completely secular, uh, completely secular at that point. And uh, I went to a women's college, so I did a lot of um, work and study looking through the lens of what does it mean to be a woman, specifically. That's a big question right now. (laughs) It shouldn't be, but (laughs) (laughs) but it is. Um, Yes. So, and then... Um, as I, you know, grew into a mom, um, I, I had to wrestle again a little bit individually, not just academically, but now practically speaking, what does it mean to, 
no, to not pursue a life in academia. You know, you spend so many years studying a, a, a topic and get all the letters behind your name. And, and then you wake up every morning and change diapers and feed babies and take them to the park and have play dates. Um, it was after that point that I then converted and became, became Catholic and really started to find myself, really started to understand what it meant to be God's beloved daughter. Um, and, and so I, I think my experience, both in the ivory tower of, of scholarship and scholarship and academia, but also personally, as I went through my own conversion and, decided not to pursue a life of academia, but rather really invest in that, in that home and hearth. I, I had to personally wrestle with who I was and what did it mean? I share a bit in the story about, you know, the snarky comments people make when you go to school for that long and then become a paycheck just sitting at home was one of the comments someone once made. Um, but, but I had to find and really understand what my worth was and, and find that my worth was not in what I did day to day so much as um, whose I was, um, however I could live out my purpose day to day and that I was uniquely created to do that and no one else was. So, so that's sort of the general concept of the book. And, and my hope is that I'm able to walk the reader through a process of discovering that for herself um, I do pull from my background in psychology and the classes I took on qualitative uh, research and how to ask a good question, <laughs> uh, things like that to really help the reader go deeper themselves. I, I got an email from a reader recently and she said, I wanted to, to and I, I'll, I'll paraphrase, I'll paraphrase, but she said, I, I wanted to let you know, I'm only on page 39 of your book, but I've had to spend a lot of time with the first 39 pages. Mm. And she said she was taking it to her spiritual director. They were working through it together. She was working through it with prayer because she had no idea how, how it was going to change her um, mm. and how the process of, of praying through the book. And I've had a couple other friends who've said, Mary Ruth, I just can't get through your book, but I'm working through it slowly because it's changing me mm. and, and they have to sit with it. It's not a book that you, you read and then move on to something else. It's a, it's a book that you read and you sit with and, and you take to prayer and you take to adoration and, and um, you spend some time with it, letting the Lord really show you how much he loves you and, and how beautifully you were created to do what he's, he's asking you to do day to day. You know, what really strikes me about all of what you just mentioned is um, well, first of all, because my background was, you know, I, I grew up being told I needed to achieve that, uh, in fact, God rest his soul. But my father really wanted a male, mm -hmm. not a female. And and that was that was told to me. You know, I wanted a boy, but we got you. And I love you, but I wanted a boy, right? right. And so that pressure of being a female wasn't good enough, you know, and mm -hmm. you needed, you need to achieve, you need to get a degree, you need to uh, care for yourself, you need to be independent. Yes, yes, getting married and having children is fine, but you need to uh, have this kind of autonomous zone where if everything falls apart, you know, you, you've got it under control. 
just deep rooted self-reliance and a really a, a huge confusion of identity of mm -hmm. who we are called to be. So I have gone through this transformation through many crosses, trials and such. Um, your book really flies in the face of the culture that we're living in today. Mm -hmm. it, it is, it is, uh, you know, if, if people want to be countercultural, um, this is the way to do it because, oh my goodness, right? So you start, you've, you've divided this book into identity challenges and prayer with the identity leading the pack, which, which I love, even though I'm, I just, you know, so I was thinking, well, should prayer become first? But I think if, if you haven't started there, you know, really you have to come to some sort of idea, like why, why would I want to pray at all? You know, who would I be praying to? what does this relationship mean between me and, and this supposed God, my father, right? Becoming this daughter. So you've, you've broken it down into imitation, integrity, and intentionality. Um, tell us about leading with identity and what those three sections, why, why those three sections on it? Well, I love that you mentioned um, that you thought you had that to, you know, almost that that conflict should prayer come first, because when I originally wrote it, prayer did come first. And so I went through that same, ah, I don't know, which one should come first, and came to the came to the conclusion that people are going to pick it up, because they want to understand themselves a little bit better. And yes, that will come through prayer. But if I started with prayer, they might not get to the end. And so by starting with identity, and and really, easy, easy stuff. Um, well, I mean, maybe not if, you know, people are getting, <laughs> getting hung up on the first chapter, you know, but, but some of the questions um, that I ask are, um, you know, thinking back on your week, what did your actions say about you? You know, it's, it's those sort of questions that are, if you just spend some time thinking about it, you can answer it. And, and my goal in, in the way I structured it was to get the reader to a point where she could read, stop, reflect, and start, really start praying through these questions early without almost realizing that that's what was happening. So that they, that, that the reader could develop almost like a habit of prayer and a habit of, of being reflective. So that by the time she got to the end of the book and said, okay, well, what now? She'd actually already know what now. It totally makes sense. I, I, I teach a class for the Avalon Institute called Foundations of Prayer. And I think the design came out of prayer, but it was always weird to me because I begin the course with four lectures on it, on identity, like who you are, what's <clears throat> happened to us, how it is that God created you and conceived you in your mother's womb, why you exist, mm -hmm. because you can't, I, you got it right. You can't, understand prayer why to pray why it's so important how beautiful and good it is i mean it's harder to do when you don't realize that there's someone waiting to meet you mm. who loves you beyond loving of any love you could ever conceive of in our humanity in this life and when you get that you want to pray mm -hmm. right and so I, I i set it up as a process of what we would call like an internalization of this identity for, for those women for whom maybe it's not coming super easy. 
Um, so I start with imitation and just talking about the people in their life. Um, I, I think one of the hangups to, to growing in the spiritual life is to feeling like you're not good enough. And of course, that's not true. But sometimes we look and we say, well, you know, I just can't do it right, or I'm just not good enough. And, 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 and I flip that on its head right away in the first chapter by saying, it's okay. It's good to imitate. We are asked to imitate. We're asked to be imitators of Christ, to be, ap- to be imitators of the saints, to be imitators of Mary, that they are there for us to say, I, if you have a desire in your heart to be holy, then imitate those who are holy. Mm. And, and so I give, I give them that model. I, I walk the reader in the first chapter through um, the feminine genius and, and, and what that is and what that means um, and ask, ask the reader to identify what areas of the feminine genius come easily to you, what areas don't come easily to you. Mary Ruth, let's, yeah, absolutely. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about a little bit more of this idea of imitation. I think it's so very powerful. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Dr. Hackett on her book, Daughter by Design. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy in marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events register today. There is a growing need for well-formed, solid spiritual directors in the church today. The Avila Institute, in collaboration with Heart of Christ Spiritual Direction Program, offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards God. The program is grounded in Ignatian and Carmelite spirituality based on a Catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles and the new evangelization. This program offers both online and on-site classes Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. Talking about a fantastic book uh, called Daughter by Design by Mary Ruth Hackett, which uh, we both strongly recommend you go buy. Fully endorse the book. Amazing work. And you, Stephanie Burke, have another question. Yeah. So right before the break, we were talking about this importance of imitation and and where, you know, the culture really tells us you need to be unique. You need to be on the cutting edge. And um, I just don't know anybody that's not imitating something or someone. Um, And they think they may be doing it. You know, um, it's just quite remarkable. And in our culture, the way it is now at the time of this recording, the examples um, are few and far between, and the examples that are being imitated are woefully lacking. Like, they're so destructive, um, and they're just destroying our identity as, as daughters, as women, um, as mothers, etc. right? So let's go back to this beauty of turning to, and I, you know, the church in her wisdom, sets forth these examples of the saints and, and even 
um, at the time of this recording yesterday was the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and we have her image here. And in thinking about even God himself knew we needed somebody to imitate. We need to be able to see ourselves in the saints and know what that example should be and, and who we're called to be as daughters. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. I, I love that you said that we all imitate someone in something because that is how we learn. We learn when we're growing up as young children, we see what we want to be like and we see what we do not want to be like as as for, for those of you who are parents, I mean, frequently the way we decide our parenting skill is I want to, or our parenting styles, I want to do this just like my parents did it, or I want to, I do not want to do what my parents did in this and such realm. I mean, that is how we learn. That is part of how we become part of a culture and part of a community. We adopt the practices of those um, who are around us. And it can be a beautiful thing, but it can also be a toxic thing. And, and I think that we have an entire generation of young women who are growing up now. And, and this book actually is fabulous for college-aged women because mm. um, late high school and early college-aged women, man, if they can figure this out now, it, it will help them incredibly. And, and developmentally, they are naturally primed for this uh, question of who I am and whose I am and, and, and what is my purpose in life. I mean, that, that is part of what they are, are uniquely figuring out at this age. We hit it again in the, in, in the midlife crisis point of our life uh, as, as women as well sometimes. But um, if, if they can figure out who those models of holiness are around them, uh, not, not um, only in their communities, um, but also in, in the history, in the history of the church, um, in the beautiful people that we have, uh, the beautiful saints that we have to model ourselves off of, um, Christ himself, um, we, we have, um, and we're called to be imitators of Christ as well, and then, then it can really help us to see. I think sometimes, and, and I write about this in the book a little bit, we can feel like imposters, and, and psychologists have this concept, imposter syndrome, where we don't think we're good enough, um, and so we don't use our gifts. We don't step into the role of who we are because we're looking at, at other people and we're worried. And so when you can really fully understand your gifts, then it helps you to see how to use those gifts when you can see people around you um, who are using their gifts to glorify God. So yeah, does that yeah. answer your question? A absolutely. And it, and it's it's just, it really is such a challenge. Um, because I know that sometimes we can look to Mary, we can look to the saints, and when we're confused and broken and we're coming from a place of woundedness um, as we grow up, we can often look at that and go, well, yeah, but I'm never going to measure up to that, right? That That's beyond me. Um, but this really provides a, a bridge and um, the, the, the really the, the building blocks of who are we? Who are we as women? Who were we created to be as daughters of the great king? You know, I, I, when Dan and I were first courting, he used to call me daughter of the king, mm -hmm. daughter of the D-O-T-K. D-O-T-K. And he, I would receive an email and it said D-O-T-K. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you what an effect that had on me. And I remember when he would say, you're a good woman, that in my shame and my brokenness, I would repel from that compliment. Yeah. I could not receive it. How long did it take? Oh, it took years, probably, 
probably five to 10 years before I could receive that and understand that I, I'm only good because God has created me good, that, that, that all that is good is in him, yeah. that he is what's good. And in my brokenness, I can surrender that to the Lord and he can heal and purify me and, and use me like yeah. he can use me. And that's a revelation, right? So um, let's talk about the challenges moving from discovering ourselves, our true identity mm-hmm. to these challenges that you list here, crosses, comparison. Wow. That's a big one. Comparison yeah. and consistency. Can you share with us a little of how you walk us through that in the book? Yes. I, I try to practice what Jerome Bruner would call a spiral curriculum, where you sort of come back to, to a similar concept, but then go deeper. So in the in the middle section, I talk about the struggles. Um, and, and I do so because once you have a, a deeper understanding of who you are, it, it could be easy for people to walk away and say, okay, I got this, that, you know, chapter is over, I'm done, I, I, I'm good here. But the reality is we live in this broken world and we're gonna be met with challenges. We're gonna be met with struggles throughout our life. And so the, the first, the first uh, chapter in that section, chapter four crosses, helps the reader to really identify some of the crosses and to name them to actually name them. What are the crosses? Sometimes we can say, oh yeah, I know what my struggles are. We don't need to talk about that. That's fine. But there's, there's a beauty in being able to name those and then, and then embrace those and recognize them as your path to holiness, that God has given you those for a reason and they are for your sanctification, that he has allowed it to, to happen. He's allowed things to happen um, and he will bring good out of that. And so I, I encourage the reader to really turn those over to the Lord, um, but also to pick up their cross every day and, and, and to, to really embrace that. Um, and then the, the next chapter, there's sort of a unique cross that we all have, I think, in, in terms of comparison. And, and, you know, comparison is as old as the Bible. We, uh, we know that we see that in Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, so I ask the reader to, to really examine uh, who's around her that she's comparing herself to and um, looking at areas that she really needs to grow herself, but, but not from a sense of, okay, let's, let's pick apart all of your faults um, in comparison to everybody else. But but really to be sort of more process focused and say, okay, these this is what we're going to grow through right now. Um, and then consistency. That was really important to before I launched into the last chapter on prayer to just talk about consistency as an individual characteristic and to devote a whole chapter to it, because I know a lot of us can do really well for a little while, uh, maybe in our in our in our prayer life or in. <laughs> In, in in one aspect or another of our life. And then we kind of kind of glide for a little while or we're kind of slack off for a little while. And then we got to play catch up and we got to refill that refrigerator. We got to get that laundry done and we got to really, really get to it. Um, but if, if we're able to, in terms of our interior life, really work towards in, infusing prayer into everything, bringing God into the everyday, it, it's, it, 
keeps it from being a check the box mentality. Like, okay, well, I went to daily mass. So I'm done with, I'm done with Jesus for the day. I got to get my work done. Um, I don't, I don't want people to develop a prayer life that has that sort of an attitude. So mm -hmm. I, I wanted them to, the reader to look at consistency in their life and all aspects of their life before we launched into uh, the last chapter on prayer. Yeah. So, the consistency piece that, and, and another word would be like that persevering spirit, right, mm -hmm. um, is just really important. And, and just to let everybody know, you can find more on Dr. Hackett's work at maryruthhackett.com. Make sure you check out all of her work there. But going back to this persevering and consistency, um, I, I think one of the things that has been very powerful to me is, and you know, I think the Lord just placed it on my heart. He said, ask for what you want, mm -hmm. ask for what you want. And so in my prayer, whether it was thinking of a place that I needed to grow in virtue mm -hmm. or advice that I needed to, you know, I needed to be conquered and rooted out of my life um, or that day to day, yes, I go to mass, but how do I stay with him? And how do I, and if I ask him to stay with me, so I would pray, Lord, abide with me, grant that I would abide with you. I know you're here. Grant me the grace to abide in you this day and not to leave you in the, the busyness of my day to day. So to remain Mary in my Martha, you know, and not lose yeah. that. So I want to, I want to make sure we say it one more time. Daughter by Design, Discovering Your Identity as God's Beloved Daughter. I believe you can find this at EWTN's Religious Catalog. When you order it from EWTN's Religious Catalog, two really cool things happen. One, they actually send you the book. And two, you're helping the ministry of EWTN. So order it from EWTN's Religious Catalog. Go to Mary Ruth Hackett. Uh, her, the Ruth Hackett part is spelled, as it sounds, R-U-T-H-H-A-C-K-E-T-T. Dot com to get the book. As we conclude, I want to read uh, just a brief section of the conclusion, which is sort of radio no-no, but it's so good. I can't stress enough, sisters, we cannot know who we are fully until we come to see ourselves as God sees us, as his daughter. When we are able to recognize our unique gifts, to surrender the things that separate us from the Lord, and center more deeply into a relationship with him or enter more deeply into a relationship with him. We are able to grow in our understanding of how the Lord loves us and how we are uniquely designed to serve him in this world. This understanding changes everything. And I think this book will change everything for young women who pick it up. Absolutely. And so we're, we're so grateful. Yeah. We're so grateful for your time with us today. So again, check out Daughter by Design. And until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.